0: Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you came. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I want you just to turn to your neighbor and tell him you need me. Maybe. Come on, tell it with some conviction, tell him tell again, say, you really need me. Come on, let's be real. Now I'll turn to the person on the other side of you and say, you need me even more. Come on, even if they're across the road, make sure they know that they need you. Because here's the fact of the matter is, we need each other. And the fact of the matter is that you need church. And we're going to talk about it. So when I was growing up, I had the privilege to grow up in the church, and uh, now I'm a pastor of a church, and I've been everything pretty much in between. And so I want to just give you some, a little perspective here of why church, is that okay? So a lot of people may ask those questions, why do we need church? You know, why do we have this building? Why do we do these things? And I'm going to explain it to you today. Cool? I'll make it really simple. And so you'll, you'll be very clear, Uh, oh yeah, that makes sense, is that good? All right, so um, growing up in the church uh, as a young kid, um, my parents were born again Christians and loved Jesus, and so I was baptized, uh, dedicated, I should say, as a baby to God, and um, I remember growing up underneath the pew of the church. Right? I would go, you know, when I was a little toddler and uh, even as in kindergarten, five, six years old, being underneath those pews right there. Not in this church, but in a church in Syracuse called Emwood Presbyterian Church. It's now, it used to be Believer's Chapel Church. We bought it a few years ago, but then just sold it back to Pastor Latif. And it's now it's Pastor Latif's church. And I grew up in that church from the time I was like five years old until a uh, teenager. Um, and. Uh, would hide, you know go play hide-and-seek in the church there's a great big building and me and my sister would play hide-and-seek through the church we would go into the, the pews and and I would remember uh, you know listening to different sermons and singing different songs and I remember I was thinking if I ever preach which I had no uh, no longing to ever preach I never wanted to preach but I always remember saying if I ever preach I promise that I won't be as boring as this guy so I hope some of your kids, you or your kids, are not thinking that about me today, it's like, you know. So, um, I was under there and then, you know, as I got a little older, you know, I started getting involved in the youth group and actually we moved to Syracuse and I started coming to this church and went to the youth group here at like seventh grade and started having some encounters with God, starting to learn about God and, and some cool things started happening. I started getting to know God. <laughs> And then I started, you know, other people uh, would, would share different experiences they had with God, and some of my friends started experiencing God, and I got to know God a little bit for myself, and then when I was 16, we, I went to a conference in our gym, which is just over there, and uh, I got called into ministry at this place. I knew God spoke, spoke to me about that He wants to use me, and I remember dedicating my life to Jesus and saying, God, I'm yours, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I remember being saved as a young kid, like five years old, Uh, actually that didn't happen at church, that happened at my home, but but I got baptized, remember how we do baptize at like seven years old, and then at 16, I remember just this experience I had. And then as I got older, I got into ministry at 18, and I went to Bible college, and still in Bible college today, 30 years later, Um, uh, there's a big gap there, so I didn't, it didn't take me that long, I'm just in a big gap. So I'm working on my master's now uh theology, but um, all through this, all through this time, I remember just all these experiences in church, and being a part of church, and meeting so many people, and so many different people. I remember some things in church that helped me a lot, that people would uh, sometimes have to correct me, especially when I got into ministry. I remember one time going and being pulled, and I was on staff here maybe 10 years ago, and Pastor Mike Webster was the pastor, and he pulled me in his office, and he said, Rich, you're taking three weeks of vacation. So I don't, I'm i not going on vacation. I got to say, you're going on vacation. <laughs> and what? What did I do? And so I remember being corrected. I remember uh, times in this in this church uh, and other churches where I felt I, I was going through the worst trial in my life. I remember going through uh, divorce uh, not long ago, eight, nine, ten years ago, and I remember being even actually right standing right here and, at a prayer meeting and just bawling, crying because I was hurting so bad in my heart and broken in a bad place, and people come around me and pray for me and help me to get through the worst trial I've ever been through in my life. How many have been through some trials, right? So the church kind of helped me get through this, and the church in my viewpoint has always been family. That is God's family. I have my own family, I love my family, and we're really close, close with my mom and my sister and my kids, my wife obviously. I've got a lot of cousins, I love them, we're not as close as I'd like to be, but there's too many of them. I have 27 cousins on one side, (laughs) I can't can't get to know all of them, sorry. So um, but you know, we, we as a church are a family and we're close and God brings us close. And the thing is that God designed us a church as a body, that we should be one under him and that he put us together to love one another, to care for one another, and he made us in this way. Now a lot of people I've heard through the years, I've been around, will say, oh, I don't need church. Or, I am the church, it's not in a building. And that's partly true. But the fact of the matter is that you do need the church. God made us to need one another. When people say, I don't need the church, what they're basically saying is they, they don't even know what the church means in the scriptures, or that they can do things on their own. And they don't need the help uh, of other people, they don't need to help other people, that they can be isolated and they're going to be like, my old pastor used to say, Rambos in the Lord. But God did not create any of us to be Rambos in him. He created us to be one body with many parts. He created us to be together. And sometimes that's frustrating, sometimes that's difficult, sometimes families are frustrating and difficult. But God created it that way to help us to grow, to help us to learn, to sharpen us, and to do these things. And the fact of the matter is is that you need church as much as I needed church. I need church as much as you needed church, and we both still need church today. And so I want to give you five reasons what the Bible says of why church, why we need church, why you need church. Number one, I talked about it two weeks ago, and if you didn't hear this message, please go on our website, listen to it, find it, Uh, it's where I'm talking about my sister fell in a pit, <laughs> and uh, it was a sewer pit. <laughs> if you didn't hear that story, you got to listen to it just for that, because it's just, you know, funny. She was like 10, or 8 years old, 9 maybe, and uh, my dad pulled her up out of this thing, and my, and you know, it's kind of like representing God pulled us up out of the miry clay. He, he pulled us out when we came in, but she didn't just stay like that, because she stunk real bad, and so my mom cleaned her, right? She got, got this nice, he you know, did all this stuff and had a cleaner and cleaner. And the same thing with us. God cleans us. We talked about in the he- Ephesians chapter five how that God cleans us by the washing of His Word. That His Word cleanses us. It takes things off of us. It gets the filth, gets the world off of us. And we all pick up things of heaviness and dirt and uh, attitudes. <laughs> Anybody have an attitude? Yeah. Hey, if your neighbor has an attitude and you know it, say you need the church right now, all right? <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of people talking. Wow. <laughs> a lot of- but we need the church, number one, for cleaning. God, the Bible says in Proverbs 27:17, as one, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Look, you need each other. You sharpen one another. Spouses are really good at this, right? Siblings are really good at this, sharpening one another. They're not afraid to say to each other, hey, you stink, or hey, there's something wrong with you. What is wrong, right? My sister and I have no problem with being honest with each other. We can get to the matters real quick and say, you're really not smart here, right? You need to fix this. You need, and and sometimes, sometimes it may be just joking around, but sometimes it's true and we need to get better. And if we don't have that in our lives, and we get away from that, and we say, I don't need this family, I can be isolated on my own, then we become very sick people and very dirty, and no one ever comes and says, you need to get that dirt off of you. Is anybody with me? We need each other. You need the church. You need uh, people to rub. That's why I said, you need, tell your neighbor again, you need me. You need me. We need each other to do this. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Jesus is cleaning his church. He's cleaning us. He's purifying us. He's talking about this in Ephesians that he washes us with the word so that we'll become pure and complete and more what we call sanctified which means uh, holier and God gets rid of the filth and the dirt in our hearts and in our, in our lives and the things that we pick up in the world and he, he works with us on it and he helps us to, to get more pure and more holy, so that we can be more happy and more joyful and more of Him. That's a good thing. And that's what the church does, it helps us for cleaning through each other, through the preaching of the word. What I'm doing right now, you're, you're coming in this place. What we did in worship, wasn't worship awesome? There's joy in the house of the Lord. And when you come in this place, you know, we do come in here sometimes, right, Is anybody come in here this morning says, I don't know if I, I come in because I need to coming because I have to, my parents are making me, my spouse is making me, I just enjoy it. And then all of a sudden we start worshiping, and you're like, oh. And some of this dirt starts falling off, some of this attitude starts changing, and you start to realize, man, God is really good, and while wow, he is doing some things, and all of a sudden, you'll like, forget why you didn't want to come in the first place. Anybody else? <laughs> just me? Oh, that didn't happen to me either, and <laughs> that never happens to me, you know. God cleans us. He sharpens us. I was watching this morning as diff- different people, we sharpen one another, clean one another. We, we see this uh, in the Word. And this morning as I was worshiping over here, I just looked back and I saw somebody just marching in here ready to worship. I mean, they were just like, couldn't wait to worship. And every week, Valerie Speerat comes here, and she's such an encouragement because she teaches us how to worship better, right? Valerie, you're amazing at, like, just your expression. She was on a mission to get in here to worship Jesus. And I think that's like we sharpen one another when we see this in other people we see like wow she's not coming here like (laughs) she's like ready to worship Jesus I'm like man if I could be like that we should all we can learn from one another this is what I'm talking about number one the reason why we need each other why you need a church is for cleaning number two uh, God uses the church to equip us in Ephesians 4.12, he says, he's, getting, he's talking about all these different gifts that he gives people, and at the end of it, he talks, uh, he narrows it down to, uh, Paul narrows it down to five gift sets, right? He gives some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be apostles, some to be teachers. And what I'm I missing? there's the fifth one. Evangelists, teachers, prophets. Pastors. <laughs> there you go. I can't forget that one. <laughs> and it says this, he gives these gifts to everybody for... to to equip the saints to do the work of the Lord. So in other words, God raises up people, individuals like myself, like elders, like other people to help us to equip the rest of the church to be able to do the works of the Lord. Alright, so let's just briefly just talk about that. Libby said it this morning, that you have gifts in you. Every one of you have have God-given gifts and we're going to talk because that's another purpose. And what God has called us to do. Uh, as a church is to equip you to use the gifts that are inside you. Not so that you, you live your whole life and it stays silent and quiet and dormant, but that these gifts that, that the fivefold ministry, the leaders of the church, the pastors of the church, evangelists, the prophets, teachers, come and help you to get those gifts up out of you and to teach you how to use them. Right, it's great we have uh, Pastor Bethany here who is our teaching pastor and she does Chapel U courses, college level courses, to help people really get trained in theology and also using the gifts, not just so we can learn more but so that we can sharpen ourselves so that we can be used of God to make a difference in this world. To use our gifts, he equips us, so number two, you need a church for cleaning, you need a, the church for equipping, and by the way Jesus is cleaning his church, and by the way Jesus is equipping his church and number three you need a church for covering for support I remember um when I was about 22 years old I lived with my pastor in Louisiana and I was a young youth pastor at uh I started at 18 and I was living with uh him and his wife but I was also dating and they had a curfew that I had to be in the house by midnight now I'm a night owl, and I also had a girlfriend, and I would be out until two or three at night if it was up to me, but here I am 20, 22 years old and have to be in, back in the house by midnight, and if I wasn't back in the house by midnight, Momo, that's what I call her, she's like the pastor's wife, she's like my second mom, she, and she's awesome, I hope she watches this, um, Pop died this year but um, she's still alive and so anyway she would be at the door waiting for me to get in if I was minute, like where have you been? <laughs> do you see what time it is? You need to, <laughs> it, I told you, you need to be back at 12 o'clock. Now you may say well that's legalistic, that's like, but the fact of the matter is if we don't have covering we will do some bad things. I am so thankful now, not at the time not then but now i'm so thankful that that was in my life at that time because if that would not have happened then i would probably have done some things i should not have done and i probably would have not been very productive the next day many days right we need that uh covering in our lives there's times here where you know you start i start to get off track a little and somebody will say one of my leaders elders are, are covering here will say hey rich You know, that's probably not the best approach. We need one another. There is a protection when we have a covering over us. When we say, I can do this on my own, nobody can tell me what to do, the Bible actually says that whoever hates correction is, does anybody know? Whoever hates, it's in Proverbs. Whoever hates correction is stupid. Thank you. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Look it up. And then it says, but whoever incurs wisdom, whoever wants wisdom, asks for wisdom, will be, add to their learning. They will become wiser still. So you have to have a choice here. It's like, I, I know how to do things. Nobody needs to tell me what to do. And you can have that attitude. right? We all get like that at times, right? <laughs> I could tell you a lot of stories where I've been corrected, by my spouse, or by even my children, or by other people here, and i like, they're, no. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about, and only to learn that. Like. <laughs> right? Anybody? Yeah. We need that covering in our lives. We all have the tendency to get out of line sometime. We all have a tendency to go astray. We are she- sheep, the Bible even says, we are sh- all have gone astray, all have gone to their own way. Just like sheep right we go in these bad places and we need somebody to say hey what's going on where are you with Jesus why you know what about those gifts he's given you hey what about this great life that he has for you are you going to do your own thing are you going to do what he wants so Jesus is cleaning his church Jesus is equipping his church and Jesus is covering his church he sets up the Bible says in Hebrews 13 uh, 17. If you guys can pull that up, was, it says, uh, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Just like you as parents, you have to give an account for your kids. How your kids turn out is partially up to you. And God has given you that responsibility to take good care of them, to watch over them. Now, not everything, not all of that's under your control, but likewise. God has put people in place here to give an account of how people are pastored and cared for in this place. And Jesus has risen up a leadership team in this place to care for the people here. And to help grow the people here. And to help cover the people here. And God is placing his covering in this place. It's kind of like all the principles of God, by the way. Just for example... When we decide to do things God's way in any principle, God has a protection, a covering over this. We see this in, uh, in tithing, that he says if we will do this, if we will give our first fruits for him, that he will protect our crops. He will watch over them. If we do things his way, he, there's a covering. There's a, there's a protection. It's kind of like being under the umbrella, you know, the insurance umbrella, whatever commercial or insurance company that is. You get under this umbrella and the storms can't hit you. And that's what the church is, that's what tithing does to our finances, and that's what the church does to us in our spiritual lives, it protects us, it helps us to grow up. You need the church for covering and support. So number one, for cleaning, number two, for equipping, number three, for covering, and number four, for purpose. God has put us together on purpose for a purpose. In 1 Corinthians, if you turn there with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to read 14 and 15. It says, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And this goes on about all different body parts that we have, and how God has given us all unique body parts to this church. And that we all are better together, and we can't say, you know what, I don't need this church, I'm a hand, but I don't need the rest of it. Because a hand without an arm doesn't have any purpose, it can't do anything. And likewise, the Scriptures are saying that God is building His church, Jesus is building His church, and you should be a part of it, and just because you might not be an eye, or a foot. The, the, the body doesn't say that, it doesn't say, oh I'm a foot, why do I have to be a foot, I wish I could be a hand, right? This is the, what the scripture's talking about. It says that we are all parts of the body, we are all part of the body of Christ, the church. And we, when we come together and build this uh, body, the church, we can do some amazing things together. And without you, and without each other, separated, segregated, we, are, we can't, we're crippled. We're we're losing a hand, we don't have a leg, right? We can't hear, the ear's left, right? We need one another and you are a part of it. You have a point, you have a purpose and God has brought you here on purpose to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And you can, together, we can be better together than on our own. It's kind of like the old Power Rangers, right? (laughs) Everybody watched Power Rangers back in the day. It was Power Rangers, like these these karate kids, you know, that would wear these funny suits and they like fight evil. But sometimes the evil is so bad that they had to join together and create this uh, Megazord. This big, they would come together, go, go Power Rangers, right, and they'd sing this song, and they'd all come together, and they'd, they'd join into this big, they'd become this big robot thing, and now together they're more, they were stronger, and they could like conquer whatever it was that was coming against them. Or Ultron, right, same thing, and there's a lot through time, you know, they just keep changing it. I think they're getting it from, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, these, these, <laughs> these shows. God gives us different parts, and when we come together and come in unity, and I know, listen, I've been in church a long time. I know there's friction. I know there's people hurt people at times. I know people do wrong things at times. I know leaders do wrong things at times. I've been to Jimmy Swaggart's church. I've been to the PTL club. I've been to all these people that have risen and fallen, and I get it. I know that there's been hurt even in this church, but when we can get past that, and by the way, for two thousand years the church has been rising and God has always used people to do it and all those people had problems all those people had issues and all those people at times would hurt one another and there had to be forgiveness and grace we need to learn that we need to learn not to keep offenses because when we do we are crippling ourselves and crippling Jesus's body and if you don't get forgiveness, learn forgiveness, then he'll use somebody else and you will be left out. You're not going to be a part of Ultron, sorry, <laughs> or Megazord. But God wants to use you. He is building this church. He's building the church across the world and he has a purpose for you. He has a plan in place. You play a part and when you decide, oh, I don't want to be a part or I don't want to, you know, I don't need the church, whatever, then you're... You're not going to be a part of what Jesus is doing. <clears throat> last but not least, number one, cleaning, equipping, <clears throat> two, covering and support and for purposes, four. Number five, Matthew 16, 18. If you'll turn there with me, last scripture. Jesus is talking to Peter. Jesus had already, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is the first time he's talked to Peter after Peter betrayed him. This is so interesting. It's so cool how much. Okay, so if you were Jesus, right? And this, Peter had betrayed him three times. A lot of people would be like, oh, (laughs) I can't trust Peter. I'm not going to do anything with Peter anymore. But this is what Jesus tells him. He says, and I tell you, this is to Peter, that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, or Hades, will not overcome it. Leave that up there, you guys. Jesus forgave Peter, and not only did he forgive him, he put this scripture on him, on this rock. I will build my church, and you know Peter became one of the greatest apostles of all time, built many, many churches, did many, many miracles after this point. God used him in great things. In fact, Peter, he went from betraying Jesus, to being filled with the spirit, to this scripture, to where even when he would walk past people, his shadow would heal people. They would take, he, people would want him to go to their house and pray for their sick people, and instead he'd just give them a handkerchief, and that handkerchief would go and they'd touch the people. This isn't the scriptures, this is an act. Read it. He'd go take the handkerchief to people that were sick, not him. Other people would take Peter's handkerchief, touch the other people, and they'd be healed. This is Peter who betrayed Jesus. Three times. And Jesus says to him, Peter, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell. Jesus is building his church on Peter, but Peter's not here anymore, on us. And he builds his church on on us, through us, through people. Despite our dysfunctions, despite our failures, Jesus is still building his church and he will continue to build his church through people. Now, there's no plan B here. You know, if I was Jesus, I'd be like, forget those people. <laughs> I'm just going to come do it myself. But he is doing it himself through his people. He works through us despite our frailties, despite our unforgiveness at times, despite our dysfunctions with each other. God is building his church. You need the church. We have this opportunity to be a part of the greatest organization on the planet. There is no other single organization in the history of mankind that has done more for humankind than, the, than Jesus Church. No single group or organization has contributed more to education than Christians, the Christian church has. Do you know every single Ivy League school was started by a church except Cornell? No other group or organization has contributed more to healthcare than Jesus Church. No single group or organization has contributed to the health or welfare of children than Jesus Church. No single group or organization has contributed to the protection and welfare of women than Jesus Church. No single group or organization has contributed more to the cause of charity than the Christian Church. No single group or organization has contributed more to fighting the, the slave trade than Jesus Church, from the past and still today was sex slavery. Tom Holland, an atheist and historian, an atheist historian and author says this in one of his books. He says, the Spartans routinely murdered imperfect children. The poor and weak had no rights. The bodies of slaves were treated like outlets for the physical pleasure of those with power. In infanticide was common. How did we get there? How did we get from there to here? It was Christianity, Holland writes. Christianity Christianity revolutionized sex and marriage, demanding men control themselves and prohibiting, prohibiting all forms of rape. Christianity confined sexuality with monogamy. Christianity elevated women. In short, Christianity utterly transformed the world. Jesus told his disciples, on this rock, on you, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is still building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is still covering his church. Jesus is still cleaning his church. Jesus is still equipping his church. Jesus will continue to build his church. From a couple hundred when he said this... To a couple billion now today. The church moves forward. Through all obstacles. Even martyrdom. Even against, the, even against when it was outlawed in different countries like it still is today. The church continues to move. The, continue, the church continues to grow. The church continues to do good things for humanity. Reaching the lost healing the sick. Jesus is building his church. Jesus is not up in heaven right now directing some angelic choir or taking long naps or doing some crossword puzzles waiting until we come and join him. He is completely focused and committed to building his church, the hope of the world. And you need the church. Nothing on earth has greater potential to change lives and to carry out his kingdom and to work in this community or any community than the local church. There's nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable, its power is breathtaking, its potential is unlimited. No other organization on earth is like the church. Nothing even comes close. The church has stood the test of time. You need the church. Well, what about this church? Why Believer's Chapel? Why should I be a part of this church? I must tell you, you don't have to be. There's a lot of good churches around. I'm really good friends with John Carter who's a pastor at Abundant Life. It's a great church. I know Bruce Aubrey at Northside, he's great. There's some good churches. I know a lot of, I know Dan Williams, pastor at Grace Assembly of God. Awesome church. There's a lot of good churches. God's going to use all those churches. He is using all those churches. And many more that I didn't name. And we believe that God's going to use this church too, amen? Believers Chapel, God has called us. He's given us some specific things to do. Unlike Abundant Life or unlike other churches, they have a calling, they have purposes, and they're gonna be slightly different than ours. All of them are gonna preach Jesus, the ones that I'm talking about, not all of churches but the ones I'm talking about, are gonna preach Jesus, they're gonna reach people with this good news of Jesus Christ, they're gonna help them to get to know God and become more like Him. All of them have different philosophies maybe on how they do that, but here we are committed to coming together to worship Jesus and experiencing God together like we did this morning. It's one of our purposes is experiencing God together. The second thing is that we believe that God wants to clean us, to help us to grow in him, to learn the word, to grow our gifts, to be used so that we don't be just, uh, so that we're not just stagnant Christians or useless in his kingdom, but that we become sharp for him, a sharp tool that he can use so that, so that we can help change society change the world and let people know about him so we believe that our second purpose is to know god and then last but not least is that we want to share this good news our purpose is, as this church is that we're better together sharing jesus last year we started our 13039 project where we sent out over seven eight thousand mailers to give people in cicero the opportunity to hear the gospel news of jesus christ we also gave the missions, tens of thousands of dollars to missions and helping try to end sex slavery, to commit to that cause, to missionaries in other countries, to places like the rescue mission here to help homelessness and, and different things. We are making a difference in our community and around the world as a church because you're a part of it, because as you give, we give. We give a tithe on the tithe. We believe that God is raising this place up to be a great place of covering and protection, a safe place where you can worship Jesus and grow in him and that you can fulfill your purposes in him. I want to encourage you that if you are not involved in this church or a church, get involved. Libby said it, next week is growth track. it's a great starting point. You can text us at 315-444-2100. 444-2100. Or get into a crew. There's a booth out there that has a list of all the crews. Or go on our website. Keep coming. Keep watching. Keep giving. Give of your gifts. Give of your prayers. Give of your finances. Be involved. Because there's no greater organization than Jesus' church. And he is building it. And he will continue to. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. God, we thank you that we can be a part of your kingdom and that you are building your church. Thank you God that we have the opportunity of being a part of this. That God we can come and be cleaned even in worship, even right now God that you would there's some people in this place that may have not realized that uh, church was for them and they think oh this is for those people (laughs) even watching today I'm my own church I don't But I hope today that they were cleaned from that wrong teaching, that wrong thinking and realize I do need other people. God, help us to be clean. God, we thank you for cleaning your church. God, I thank you that you equip us. God, we thank you that you cover us and watch over us as we we are under a a covering. And I thank you for the purposes you have in our life, that you you help us to raise up in them and use them together as one body that can do more together than separate. God we thank you for building your church and that we can be a part. Now Jesus we thank you for the greatest thing even greater than the church and that is that you gave your son Jesus Christ to come and die on the cross so we can have a relationship with you. God we thank you that we are, the church is a group of believers that have been saved by Jesus. So we thank you for that. If you're here today, before I close, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I want to be a part of the church, but I'm not really even right with my relationship with Jesus, and I need to make things right right now. If that's you here in this place with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, would you just lift your hand just so I could see and just say, you know what, Rich, I'm not right with the Lord right now, and I need to get things right. I need to, I need to pray or something. (laughs) Just let me just raise your hand high enough so I could see it. I see your hand. Anybody else? I need to get things right. I see a hand, buddy. Everybody else. I need, I just need a, I need God to help me. You can put your hands down. Would you say this prayer with me say, Jesus, I realize I need your help. I can't do it without you. I've gone my own way, I've done my own things, and I can't get out of them, but today I surrender to you. And I ask that you be Lord of my life and that you forgive me for going my own way and doing my own things, especially those things that separated me from you. I thank you that you died on the cross so now I can be forgiven. And now I can have a relationship with you. I receive that, amen. Amen. The Bible says that if you believe that in your heart, that God has rescued you, saved you, now you can have a relationship with him, you and him, and that's a new journey. If you did that today, please text us, 315-444-2100. We'd love to hear from you and help you on your next steps with your relationship with Jesus. Amen. And I pray, God, help us to be a part of the church. Be a part. Look, we give, we give our time to some things that don't matter. We give our time to a lot of things that don't matter. look at your screen time, how many hours have you been on the phone this week? You don't have to do it right now, you know. We give our time to a lot of things that don't matter. How about we get involved in something that does? There's nothing that matters more and where God is moving more than through his local church. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and he still is. Be a part, give of yourself, give some time doesn't have to be 50 hours. It can just be, a, be an hour or two. Uh, whatever God calls you to do. I'm not going to put a time limit. Either way, even if it's being a part of the prayer team or start giving or start. Check out growth track. I know life is short. When we stand in front of Jesus, he's not going to ask us, how much time did you spend on your phone? To, <laughs> to ask. What did you do with my son Jesus? What did you do with that? Did you hoard it to yourself? Were you too busy? I don't want to be that person. He's a lot more important. This is a lot more important than whatever we're doing. So I'm going to pray for you. God help us. God help us. God stir our hearts just to to do what you called us to do. Not everything. Not too much where we're burnt out. Help us to just at least answer what you call us to do, mm-hmm. God. You've given every single person in this place gifts and callings to be a part of this body, to be a part of your church. And God, I pray that you would help them and and, and just to find out what that is, and that they attend growth track to figure it out if they don't know. And maybe there's people in this place or even watching online that they don't want to get involved because they've been hurt. God, I pray that you would help them to heal, to help them to even have to have conversations with some leadership if they need to. And God, to to share, God, with others and be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's stand together and worship Jesus one more time. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's message. We want you to know that God wants a personal relationship with you. If you've never had that relationship with Him, today is a great day to start. You can do that simply by saying, Lord Jesus, you say this prayer with me, say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've walked my own way. I've done my own things. I've done what's wrong in your sight. And so today I ask that you forgive me for those things. I believe that, Lord God, you sent your son Jesus to come and die on the cross to take the place for the penalties that I owe. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for taking my place. And thank you, God, that right now that you are cleansing me from all unrighteousness and everything I've done wrong that has separated me from you. Help me now, Jesus, to have a relationship with you forevermore, amen. Hey, if you do that today, we're so excited for you. Please reach out to us, let us know. We'd love to help you in your next steps with Jesus.